0: Welcome to Short Course, Episode Ninety Seven for April Seventh, Twenty Twenty Three. I'm your host, Ben Barry. As I mentioned uh, last week, while I was at the the South Carolina match, I had a chance to sit down with Brian Conley from Hunters HD Gold and record an episode of his podcast. And it was good. It was, uh, I think, fairly interesting. Covered different stuff than than I've talked about in sort of any of the other interviews that I've done. So that, uh. That'll be coming. I don't know exactly when he's planning to release it, but you'll—I'll make sure to share it when he does. But one of the things that he started the interview off talking about was the incident in in 2018, colloquially known as "Ban the Bends," uh, and he just mentioned that that's when he was first getting into being aware of USPSA, and and that was his first awareness of me and and who Ben Barry was, and. He basically puts it put it to bed by saying, "Well, you can do your own research and uh, look up what that is. We're not going to talk about it today," and left it there, and then and then went on. And I, I've been thinking about that because this whole incident is something that I've never discussed on the podcast before, even though I was doing the podcast while it hap- while it was going on, and I only in the last two years, only a year and a half ago, when Mike Foley was again. In hot water for issues with related to, to to members. Only then did I even post about it publicly on the blog. And all that I posted on the blog at the time was the letter that I ended up sending to the board of directors as an outcome of, of everything that happened. But one of the results of of the whole incident is I think I got the badge among some people as a as a troublemaker and a and a shit stirrer. And I wanted to kind of cover. What I did and talk about what happened and explain why, honestly, what I did really was unremarkable. And the whole story results from the, the drastic overreaction. And I I don't do this to paint myself as the victim or the martyr or to reopen old wounds. Obviously, what ended up happening with Mike Foley, he is he's gone now. That's water under the bridge. I, I'm not trying to sort of dredge that up for, you know, retroactive kudos or anything but just to kind of point out what a, a big ball of nothing the whole thing at least could have been if it weren't for for the the, the actions of others uh, and then to i want to reinforce that i don't bring this up because it fundamentally is about changing the capacity and production which obviously this was sort of the first time i became publicly associated with that idea and i don't i don't bring this up to further reinforce that i i actually don't want to be known as the production 15 guy because I think I actually have other things to contribute to the sport, quite frankly. I I don't think raising the limit in production is at the top of the list of things that the sport needs right now. I mean, the, the, the current discussion going on online is around the budget that was released and approved in a sort of 11th hour session on the last day of the year that it could be approved that by... Two-tenths of a percent is just barely not a deficit budget, and my hunch is that they had to make the numbers work that way because a deficit budget requires a three-fourths majority to approve, and they weren't sure they had the votes for that. So they made it technically not a deficit budget, although what's the what are the ramifications for proposing a budget and then basically ignoring it? Well, they're... There aren't any, really. I mean, you can the budget can say whatever you want. And so whether or not this budget comes true is uh well, I guess we'll see if if we see any financial documents from 2023 after it's over anyway. But all of these issues, the leadership issues, um, the 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 relationships, the the functioning of the board, I think are much more important. Things like the 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 battles over whether whether to waive confidentiality and try and keep the membership in the dark. Those are all much more important issues. Production 15 is sort of a, a something that is a hobby horse of mine, but I, I do not think that raising production to 15 by any means is will like save the division or anything. I, I have no illusions of that. I think it would be cool, but it's not at the top of the priority list. So all of that is preamble to the preamble because I feel like I have to set this whole story up by so that so everything that that happened was in June of 2018. That's where sort of the main events will happen. But really, the the seeds of this, in my mind, lie in October of 2016, which is when the IPSC General Assembly met in Hungary and passed a a new rule that officially stated that. Regions of IPSC cannot sanction matches in other regions, and this was coming to a head because at the time USPSA had been sanctioning matches in other countries. The uh, announcement, which I'll link to in the show notes, there'll be links to, to all of these things that still exist. Um, some of the some of the original sources are on sources that don't exist anymore, so obviously I can't link to those, but the, the stuff that's still up I'll link to in the show notes for this if you want to read it for yourself, but the the announcement that Mike Foley then in his 10th month of being USPSA president, the the announcement that he posted talked about the fact that the general assembly had met and passed a rule saying that regions can't sanction matches in other regions, which was something that USPSA was doing. Uh, This announcement mentions 14 foreign clubs and over 500 foreign members. And from what I know and heard at the time, basically the issue appeared to be about some clubs in the Philippines where basically the IPSC region that was affiliated with IPSC in the Philippines had some political stuff going on and some other guys split off and formed a USPSA club and were running USPSA matches in in the Philippines and this was seen as as an issue and so this rule was passed by the by the general assembly to say hey regions can only Run matches in their region, which on its face makes sense to me. But what I think is is worth doing is reading the tone of this message, which again was phrased as a as a message to the membership of USPSA. Again, I'll, I'll link to this, but I'll read a few quotes that I think give you the general tone of the way it was written. So it, it starts by saying, "This is again Foley speaking, ten years into his ten months into his his first year as a as president." Every three years, it costs USPSA over $100,000 to be a region of IPSC, including some world shoot expenses. The only benefit that USPSA enjoys is passage to IPSC events held outside the United States. The benefits of this arrangement are enjoyed annually by about 15 USPSA members, and every three years by about 60 USPSA members when there is a world shoot. When the world shoot is held in less stable and attractive countries, fewer American athletes are interested in going. That means that over 27,000 of our members pay for the privileges of only a few to enjoy IPSC. There is no agreement, accord, or binding document in force between the two organizations. The relationship between IPSC and USPSA has been a volatile one since before our inception in 1983. Recently, the relationship has continued to be one of controversy and volatility around the globe. I am personally acquainted with a few of the founders of IPSC who are still alive. These are the same founders of USPSA and IDPA as well. I'm also acquainted with the past presidents of USPSA who enjoyed the same quote-unquote welcome letter that I received in January from IPSC. I'm 100% certain that practical shooting wasn't organized in Columbia, Missouri in 1976 by Colonel Jeff Cooper to become a political monarchy controlled by a triumvirate of three people who control and influence over 90 regions and their proxy votes. These three gentlemen make up the IPSC Executive Council. Many of these regions only have a few shooters, and they are often the elite, wealthy, and protected class in their respective countries. So you can get the sort of combative tone out of this. And he concludes this statement. He goes on for a couple more paragraphs talking about the, the rule being passed and, and you know basically what the, the issue is. And he, he winds down by saying, As USPSA president, I will continue to do what is best for USPSA as a whole, which includes not supporting special interests of the elite few. A few of you want to go to France in 2017, for the world shoot that was happening there, at any cost, it seems. Consider that the future of the organization is more important than any one competition, vacation, or competitor. Also consider that USPSA could literally field, fund, and transport 60 athletes to France for the 2017 world shoot and be sanctioned and disqualified on the first day of the General Assembly while in France. There are difficult international legal issues that could arise from trying to exit France with firearms that no longer have a sporting purpose for being there. I'm certain that I will inflate some egos, but IPSE is very powerful politically and could cause serious problems for USPSA athletes in other countries. While I don't personally know the gentleman involved in the IPSC Executive Council, I cannot trust our future, financially or otherwise, to anything other than the wording of the above resolutions. These resolutions are clear that there is no power or trust in this situation. It is rumored that IPSC will start their own IPSC region in the U.S., should USPSA no longer be affiliated with IPSC. I do not oppose this idea. In fact, I welcome it. It would give athletes the ability to choose the sport that is right for them and create more opportunities for international competition. Many of our athletes belong to multiple shooting sports already, I wish IPSC the absolute best. So again, there's, there's a lot of contempt in this, in this letter. So later on, when I say Mike Foley hates IPSC, this is, this is where it's coming from. How much of this was bluster and hard bargaining and how much was, was genuine contempt. I, I can't say, I, I can't read minds, but what, ended up happening was that this continued that this feud sort of continued and then another statement was put out in december of 2016 talking to people who wanted to shoot the world shoot and basically again warning them that hey we could be we could be suspended as an ipsc region the day before the world shoot and then you guys don't get to shoot so you know be careful but again this is all being told internally to members of uspsa who have no power to really affect the outcome of this and who at the end of the day I'll be honest, I don't think most of us care about matches being sanctioned in the Philippines. Now, if we can wind the clock back and go back to 2017 and USPSA splits off as its own hit factor sport thing and you know makes its own carry optics gear rules that continue to diverge from IPSC and then there's a new IPSC region formed in the US, I don't know what that world would look like. I mean, that's what Foley was talking about. That's what for a brief time seemed like might actually happen. And then the whole thing just kind of went away. As far as I know, they went to the, the 2017 World Shoot at the General Assembly. There, everything everything seemed fine after that. The, at least the you know all of this all of this contempt and and the the public posturing went away, or at least went dormant. So I didn't hear anything more about this. In looking back since then, it seems like the organization that was using USPSA rules stopped doing that, and so now there is this other sport in the Philippines that runs rules under some kind of hybrid hit factor ish scoring thing that's separate from IPSC but they are no longer a USPSA affiliate. There is no longer such a thing as overseas USPSA matches. Now this whole thing is coming back up because IPS or USPSA is talking about having international steel challenge clubs which is a totally separate issue and and seems fine because they're you know in that respect steel challenges not overlapping with with IPSC or, or the, the sort of hit factor USPSA scoring so that issue is I think completely separate and, and I don't see it causing the the, the same level of consternation but I, I thought this was again worth bringing up because that's what laid the foundation there was all this talk in 2016 2017 about USPSA you know breaking away from IPSC and it really seemed like based on the, the reading of that statement that Mike Foley really didn't like IPSC So, this brings us to June of 2018. I was signed up to shoot the U.S. IPSC Nationals. And so, as a part of that, as I had done the year before as well, when I shot the 2017 IPSC Nationals, I was shooting the club matches that that I was shooting in limited minor, shooting my production gear with 15 rounds in the magazine. And so, I took some video from that match. I edited it together. The The Saturday night after the match, and I posted it on Instagram with the caption, Good match at Sir Walter today. Second match shooting production with 15 round mags, a.k.a. limited minor. I'm not going to lie, sometimes it's pretty dope. Too bad at Mike Foley USA hates IPSC too much to adopt it for at the USPSA. So obviously, I know he isn't the only vote on the board, but I was tagging him being somewhat publicly antagonistic, but that was it. That was my post. That was what started this all off. And I have my, I, I've posted on my blog the the sort of timeline of everything that he posted and back and forth. Basically, I ended up posting a link to my Instagram post on a forum called Duty Project, which Duty Project used to be kind of the anything goes shooting forum. So, you know, Brian Enos is kind of, you can talk about a lot of shooting stuff there, but they try and keep drama down and they, they they'll they shut they'll lock threads pretty aggressively duty was kind of the anything goes forum, so it was mostly garbage but every once in a while someone would post something and you'd have a discussion that couldn't be had anywhere else and so i i just you know posted it there again stirring the pot a little bit but but literally all i did was make a post just saying with the title production 15 is dope and linking to my instagram page to to, to that post on instagram so Foley comes into the comments there, he comes into the duty project thread, he replies in both places, he emails me, and my only response in this whole thing is on Instagram, where his comment was, Mike Foley doesn't make that call and doesn't hate IPSC, you are a dishonest idiot. Okay, so my response was, and you're humorless and pointlessly combative, responding to a joke with an insult seems like a good strategy. So, obviously, I'm being sarcastic here and poking him a little bit, but he is the one who has taken the tenor of this conversation to a, a very insulting level. And then on duty, he, he just responded by saying, lie much, question marks, basically saying I'm, I'm lying. This is, it's not that I'm wrong. It's that I'm, I'm outright trying to transmit falsehoods. Uh, so anyway, he ends up sending me uh, an email saying, you know, stop telling lies about me. And then he sends me a second email basically saying that I need to take down the post or I will be suspended and the board will choose whether or not I am banned for life. And again, all the screenshots for all of this are, are on the blog post if you want to read it. I mean, this is all real. And the thing is, so I, I had made the original post around around 10 o'clock in the evening. And his responses didn't start rolling in until one in the morning. So I was I was about to go to bed and I'm just I'm just so shocked. I, I just have no idea what to do. A, I mean I'm genuinely worried that I'm going to have a someone on a power trip ban me from this sport for life. And B, I, I just I, I don't I, I'm not sure how to proceed. And so aside from that one comment response on on Instagram, I I said nothing. All I did, I After he sent me that email threatening to ban me, I go to Instagram, I edit the post to take out any reference to him or USPSA, I just leave up, hey, Production 15 is dope. And then I get another email from him saying, thank you, I apologize for blowing a gasket. I've been awake for 24 hours and driven to Paris the last three. Best regards, Mike. So, I mean, you go from someone just completely blowing their stack at you, to that. And, and I just, I didn't know what to do. And so I basically took screenshots of the the whole interaction and sent them to Ben Steger, who at the time I had taken some classes with, you know, I was on reasonably friendly terms. It's not like we, you know, talk to each other all the time, but I figured if anybody was, uh, cancel proof enough to to sort of know what to do with this, it would be him. And sure enough, he basically took the screenshots and posted a second duty thread with the, clickbait, admittedly clickbait headline of Ben Barry banned from USPSA question mark and you know trying to get people to see what's going on and then posted a bunch of the screenshots that I'd sent which I mean the emails were private but but everything else, the Instagram, the, the duty project stuff was all public and just basically called Foley out for what he was doing and sure enough Foley bit and started going after Steger and you know said a bunch of different things mostly about him and you know challenging him and it and saying you know keep this up and you'll get banned too and calling me a millennial fag which is where that if you have ever heard that term bouncing around that that's where it started and then eventually posted saying telling steger to consider himself ineligible for competition basically you're suspended and the board will be bringing you up you know i'll be putting your name to the board for a ban that thread kind of took a couple days and was just back and forth and and um You know, obviously people were sending emails to their area directors. So that kind of played out over Sunday. Monday evening I I sent the the email that I then later, you know, it's what's on my blog, but I sent the email with all of my screenshots, my timeline, my sort of my side of the story. I sent it to the board and phrased it as a as a request that they they bring fully up and and uh, for a vote to terminate him based on what had happened. I thought there was zero chance whatsoever that they would actually do it. But I just, again, I was so shocked by what had happened. I figured I at least needed to lay things out and, and not have this just get swept under the rug. Cause I mean, if, if somebody, if he's done this to me, he's probably done it to other people. And so I didn't know if other people were, were going to speak up. And so again, I, I documented that at the time I didn't, I literally did not post anything about it. I was not posting on my blog. I didn't say anything about it on the podcast I kept quiet in the, the duty thread where Steger and Foley were going back at each other because, I mean, again, I, I genuinely thought there was a chance, there was a non-zero chance the outcome of this could be I am banned for life from USPSA by a power-tripping president and a compliant board. So that all kind of wound its way through. I, I submitted in private my, my letter to the board on Monday night, and then on Wednesday they come out with this statement. And again, the link to this will be in the show notes. The Board of Directors of the United States Practical Shooting Association has been actively engaged with a recent issue regarding poor judgment, language, and tone used in recent communications by our president. The board appreciates the high volume of members who reached out to us with their concerns, suggestions, and overwhelming support. Overwhelming support? What is that? Anyway. The USPSA board has not delayed in addressing this extremely serious situation. The language used was lacking in good judgment, and the tenor of the conversation was disappointing, to say the least. We strive for and expect better. The board has taken a statement from the president. We have discussed the matter at length and examined a spectrum of possible actions. We have decided on a set of outcomes focused on ensuring this will not happen again. The long-standing policy of the United States Practical Shooting Association is to adhere to all federal, state, and local employment privacy laws— Discussion or public release of any information, other than as required by law, as it relates to any employee of the organization, would be inappropriate and, at a minimum, violate USPSA employment policies and practices. As such, a discussion of disciplinary actions taken, if any, would be in conflict with those sound policies. So basically, we're not going to tell you what is actually being done about this, and we're going to you know, hide behind this to avoid accountability. Uh, The board recognizes we must do better as an organization. We will use this as a quote-unquote teachable moment and an opportunity to better educate ourselves with more positive methods of social media interaction and all other communication to the benefit of our members and the organization as a whole. Professional training will be provided for officers and employees to further educate us on the best practices in communicating through social media and all other media. USPSA's legal counsel will also advise us regarding the legal implications and obligations of statements we make as officers of USPSA. This is an endeavor the board is committed to. So the board basically said, "We're not going to do anything. We might subject everyone, officers and employees, to some social media training, but there's there's going to be no direct punishment." And as far as I can tell, as as far as I've ever heard, there there really was none. He got he got a slap on the wrist, and and that was it. Now, obviously, everything else that's happened since then with the the, the situation that did eventually get him kicked out of office. Which, again, I at the time I, I posted this, but trying to show that this was not the first time. And who knows how many other times some interaction like this happened and the person did not want to record it or has not yet come come forward. So, all of this to say, the the moral of the story is, I posted something on Instagram, I had one exchange back and forth with Foley, and then I basically didn't say anything and complied with his demands. And... It's funny in the in the the duty threat afterward, he uh, he characterized our interaction as two people having a conversation. And I actually addressed that in my letter to the board, as you can read uh, on on my blog by basically saying he was threatening me with a suspension. it was it was an extortion. It wasn't a it wasn't a discussion. I had no leverage, and he had all the power, and he was being belligerent and aggressively threatening me. And I, I honestly, again, was so shocked. I, I didn't know what to do. And so I just I just folded. I, I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm just gonna delete this and try and not get a lifetime ban. And then obviously once I'd done that, I thought, okay, but at the same time, this should not go totally unreported. This needs to be talked about in some way. And so I thought that that was where, you know, I, I weighed, do I post something myself? Do I and, and so I I just started, you know. That, that's when I sent the sent the what I had to stagger and was just kind of honestly looking for advice. I, I I didn't know how to approach it, and and his response was basically, "Oh, I'll I'll take it from here. That I I know I know what to do with this," and uh and so he you know used the the screenshots and whatnot that that I provided to sort of launch this antagonistic campaign where he I mean he was he was deliberately goading Foley into overreaching. He he wanted him to basically go fly off the handle and show how unstable he could be and okay fair enough that that was that was Stegger's play I think what he was doing obviously was effective at the time and you know perhaps if if this whole incident had been treated more seriously at the time things could have been different I mean it's still strange to me that by 2019 when Foley was up for re-election everybody kind of assumed that someone would run against him and then Nobody really did. There was one guy who put his name in at the last minute, basically did no campaigning, and still got, I think, 30% of the vote, something like that. So, I mean, there there was there was there was definitely interest in voting against anyone else, but Foley basically sailed to a to a second term. So we as we as the membership definitely failed on that one. And in retrospect, I think that that was definitely one of the moments that one of the one of the, the, the experiences that informed my decision to, to run for Area Six because I just assumed, well, there's gotta be in the whole thirty thousand members or whatever it was at the time, there's gotta be someone qualified to run against this guy and and step up, and nobody really did. And so he he basically won unopposed. I mean there was there was technically another candidate, but he he did not really campaign in any meaningful way, and I don't think he really had the, the, the credibility uh so it was it was it was effectively an unopposed re-election, and I mean I, I will say too, Area Six ran unopposed in in 2019 as well for the term that is now ending. So all that to say, again, I, the the reason I bring this up and just kind of want to cover everything is duty project is gone, so all that information, everything that was there, even if you wanted to go back and read that thread, it's gone. It might be on you know the the way back machine or something. If you really want to look for it, but I have, I've have sort of tried to document my side of the story, you know, as, as it impacted me where it went with Steger and Foley sort of engaging in this game of brinksmanship. I mean, obviously it could not have happened without me, but it was also not something that I explicitly did. Um, but it, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of set the record straight about what I did, how I was involved and and what happened. And so, you know, people can see, whether or not I'm a a troublemaker and see what I actually did and, and judge me on my actual conduct and also give the the historical context around things like saying that Mike Foley hated IPSC. So that that's pretty much all I have to say about this. I, I really hope we don't have to talk about this anymore. Um, I, I think it was an interesting historical incident at the time. Now that Foley is out of office, I, I don't really see any reason to keep harping on him personally. I do think the the lack of action by the board in, in 2017 is telling, but some of those board members are still on the board. Some of them are not, but the upshot of, of all this is since Brian brought that up and I know that is how I am known to some folks and I never publicly addressed it. I I wanted to, like I said, set the record straight, let people read everything that is still available for themselves and, and come to their own conclusions. But you know, by no means do I want to, keep bringing this up hopefully this is the last time that that this is really something that that is worth talking about and we can sort of go from here and and have discussions about the future of the sport and and what needs to be done well that wraps up this episode of short course my email is ben talk to you next time